into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. I hope everyone enjoyed their holidays and had a wonderful holiday season, and we are glad to be back with all of you, our loyal listeners. We'll start with the Kentucky basketball team as tonight the Wildcats kick off their conference play within the SEC as they travel to Columbia to take on the 11-1 Missouri Tigers. And despite the Tigers having a better record this season, you're looking at Kentucky as a three-point road favorite in their first true road game of the season. The only other time we saw the Cats in front of a hostile crowd out in Spokane against Gonzaga, they struggled. And the crowd tonight at Mizzou Arena will be rocking as the Tigers look to improve upon their fast start. When you look at this Missouri basketball team, they come out they came out hot to start the year, beating up on inferior inferior opponents until they ran into the juggernaut that is the Kansas Jayhawks, who came into Missouri Arena and beat the Tigers by almost 30 points. They bounce back nicely after the loss, defeating UCF and an Illinois team that is in free fall as they head into the matchup tonight against Kentucky. And for the Wildcats, I think there is no denying this is a big game and a pivotal point in their season. They need to find a way to get a win tonight on the road and start to make up for some of the blunders in the early stages of their season. And Sam, when we start to look at the matchup for UK tonight, John Calipari and his team are going to have their hands full with a Missouri team that plays a unique style of basketball. The Tigers are all about pressure as they do a great job creating havoc on the defensive side of the ball and causing turnovers which lead to easy buckets out in transition. They are led by seniors Diami Hodge and Kobe Brown, and this Tigers team employs an athletic roster with no true big man as they love to run and gun. Kentucky will have an advantage down low with big man Oscar Sheway as well as an advantage on the offensive glass as Missouri can struggle at the, on the boards at times. And Sam, we've talked at length about getting Big O involved in the post to help our offense this season, but where I wanted to start with this is with that pressure defense that Missouri likes to implore. And I wanted to ask you what the Wildcats need to do in order to handle that pressure and handle this crowd and be able to come away with the victory tonight. Yeah, AJ, thanks for bringing us in there. Glad to be back and previewing this big first SEC matchup for the Kentucky Wildcats. And, you know, I got to start, you kind of, um, you know, hinted at it, AJ, but this is a different led Missouri team than maybe the rest of the SEC is used to, AJ. Out with the old, in with the new, they've gotten some 
major transfers in the transfer portal. They fired their old head coach. They bring in Dennis Gates. He's off to a very hot start, obviously, Jay, with a, an 11-1 and record. That sole loss coming on their home court against Kansas, like you said, they absolutely murdered them on their home court. The Cats look to replicate that win that Kansas was able to find on the road today. But like you said, this is a different team. They bring a lot of high pressure. They like to do full court pressure from the get-go. They want to disrupt the the offense that they are going up against consistently throughout the rest of the game. And they're a team that really loves to get out and run, AJ. Because of that pressure, they try to force early shot clock shots, get out, rebound, run the court, and try to score in their offensive rhythm of the full court setup as opposed to setting up in the half court. But what jumps out to me, AJ, as far as what we need to do is we need to rebound. You hinted at it, AJ, but if we can get defensive stops and we can rebound, we are not going to allow this Missouri team to set up the full court pressure and disrupt this Kentucky Wildcats offense. We've seen it at times. We don't necessarily love to set up in the half court. So what do we need to do? especially with a team that would like to hit baskets. And after hitting baskets, that's when they're able to set up the full-court pressure, AJ. We got to get stops, and we got to get rebounds. I mean, we're going up against a team, like you said, AJ, that is led without necessarily a true five. They've got some size here and there with Muhammad Diara. He's 6'10", AJ, but he's not necessarily the presence or dominating force down low that's going to you know, get you baskets in the paint and – grab you offensive boards. They don't run like that. Like you said, they run with a smaller guard-heavy rotation. What the Wildcats need to do is get out and rebound and run the court. This team, the Missouri Tigers, AJ, only grabs around 30, 33 boards a game, AJ. The Kentucky Wildcats consistently have been in the 40 range here. That is a heavy imbalance to our favor, and that's something that we really need to rely on. Like you said, you hinted at his name, Oscar Sheway. I, I fully expect him to have a big night and a large presence out on that court. I think this this game honestly comes at a very unique time, AJ, because the Wildcats are coming off of a W against Florida A&M where John Calipari and his staff experimented with a lot of new rotations. I mean, we saw it, AJ. We saw Lance out there with Oscar, with Chris, with Kaysen and and with maybe, you know, CJ or Antonio, or and at times we saw obviously our point guard out there in Severe Wheeler. I thought that was unique, but now that we look at this matchup, AJ, it was almost John Calipari's perfect opportunity in time to test out the waters with different lineups because this is a team in Mizzou, AJ, where you can kind of go two ways with how you want to match up against them. You can either try to dominate with your bigs that we have in Lance Ware and Hugo and Oscar and try to make them adjust to the way that we're going to inflict our force and our presence on them because that's typically not how they play, AJ. Or you're going to have to go small and you're going to have to go guard heavy with it, with them and make sure that you're running and gunning and you're trying to break their press. It's going to be interesting what John Calipari rolls out, but regardless of the five that we have on the court, the most important thing is that we defend because this team, AJ, they put up 88 points a night. 
consistently. They are a high-flying offense. They love to get out and run. And if we don't get stops and rebound, AJ, this could be problematic for the Kentucky Wildcats tonight because we have so showed signs of our inability to put up 80-plus points. You know, we, we always talk in previous seasons, AJ, there's always a rule of a certain number that the Kentucky Wildcats every year have to try to hit. And if they do that, they win, you know, 99.9% of the time. We still don't know that number, but it's typically right around the 60s, 70s range. Look for the Kentucky Wildcats to try to hold this Mizzou offense to less than 70 point and try to slow it down because as much as we want to get out and run, we can't afford to play to their strength. I think we really do need to go with some of our bigs, AJ, out-physical them, out-rebound them, and play some hard-nosed defense. But where do you think the Kentucky Wildcats can find their most success tonight? Is it slowing them down, or is it more trying to hone in on what we do great? Yeah, Sam, I think that there's no point for the Kentucky Wildcats to change who they are as a basketball team in this game. I don't think that you need to go out there and do something that you haven't done all season, but you you brought up a really good point about last game and some of the rotations that John Calipari started to use out there. And I think everyone has been a little bit frustrated and that boiled over after the UCLA loss. And, you know, everyone's searching for answers. Calipari and his staff are searching for answers. And you saw some different things in that Florida A&M game. And while it wasn't all great, there was some signs of some good things happening on the court and some, some guys stepping up and accepting the challenge from Coach Cal and the staff and, and being willing to fight and, and to go out there and play some good minutes for us. And Sam, this game for me is all about rebounding. And that comes back to effort. We've talked about that. There is a serious advantage here for the Kentucky Wildcats, both offensively and defensively as far as rebounding goes. And I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. We have to get good shots. We have to get good shots because here's what's going to happen, guys. If if our offense goes out there and we elect to stand around, not move the ball, not be able to find Oscar Shibway in the post and play through him, and we're forced into taking long contested jumpers or shots at the end of the shot clock because we don't want to get a shot clock violation, stuff of that nature, that's what's going to allow them to grab those rebounds and they're already out and running. And at that point, there's not much you can do to stop them except for foul them. And they're going to get easy buckets all night. So it is extremely, extremely, extremely important for us tonight to be able to get good shots on offense. Because whether they go in or not, it does not matter. If you get the right shot within your offense, it's going to allow our guys to crash the offensive glass. And you know what happens when we get those offensive rebounds. We're one of the best teams in the country when we get that offensive rebound at either being able to go right back up with it and score, get fouled, or Oscar's been able to do a really good job as well as some of the, of the, of the other guys, Chris Livingston, Toppin at times, of being able to find the open three-point guy. And that is the most efficient three-point shot 
the most efficient shot in all of basketball is a three-pointer off of an offensive rebound. It's it's damn near un, unguardable. So getting those good shots, Sam, on offense is what is going to allow us to crash the glass, get the offensive rebound, and then also it's going to allow our players to be able to, when we do miss the shot and we don't get the offensive rebound, to be able to fall back and to be able to handle this pressure that they're going to play with in this up-tempo basketball that they're going to play with because they, like I stated earlier, are all about being able to go fast and their lineup, they play a guy, uh, five guys at the same time who are all athletic and they have a few guys, as I mentioned earlier, with Deami Hodge and Kobe Brown. Both of these guys, I mean, you saw Kobe Brown last game. He goes for 31 against Illinois. And I know Illinois is a struggling basketball team right now, but that kid's been playing well all year and he just had a breakout game. So he's clearly doing a lot of things well. He's seeing the basket well. He's scoring at a high clip. So these are guys that we're going to have to lock into. They're going to get points at times, okay? But you have to be able to weather some of these storms And it starts, Sam, like I said, on our offense with being able to do those things. Good shots, rebounding. And then when we look at the defensive side of the ball, when they do get out in transition, you have to be able to pick guys up in transition and on defense. You can't just run back to run back. You have to run back to pick up a man, communicate as a team, because you start leaving these guys open in transition to get three-pointers and get to the rim and stuff like that. It's a recipe for disaster. They've done it to a lot of different teams this year. I know some of them not as skilled as Kentucky, but they have a true identity of who they are as a basketball team, and they are going to play a certain style. And so we need to be ready to handle that. So to go back to your original question, Sam, I think it's more about just doing the things that we do well. Sure, we're going to have to make a few adjustments here and there as the game goes along and whatnot, but... This isn't something where we need to completely change who we are as a basketball team. We need to be able to do the things that we are capable of doing and do them very well to be able to go on the road and get this victory. And it all goes back to that rebounding, man. We have to have that edge. And I talked about the offensive rebounding, the defensive rebounding, to harp on your point, Sam. It's very, very crucial. You have to be able to block out and get those rebounds and not let them set up that pressure. I don't care who you are. If a team is full court pressing you and picking you up the whole length of the court the entire game, it wears you down over the course of the game. You have to fight all game long just to get the ball over to half court, then to be able to set up what you want to get into. And Sam... I think this poses a challenge for the Kentucky Wildcats, but a challenge that I'm very eager to watch because I'm very curious to see how we handle some of this pressure. We've had games this season where we've been prone to a lot of turnovers and we've looked sloppy at times. And we need to be able to have guys who we can trust to get the ball up the court. And I'm looking at all of our guards today. Kaysen, Xavier, CJ, Antonio, All of you guys need to be on the top of your game as far as controlling the ball, limiting the turnovers, taking care of it, and valuing our possessions. Our possessions that we have are very crucial tonight. We need to value them. Sam, 
Are you kind of seeing the, th- the same things that I'm seeing, or are there any other aspects that you're looking at within this game that you think are going to go away a long way in deciding who comes out victorious? Yeah, no, I see it the same way. It's, it's the value of every possession, okay? because the way Mizzou plays basketball at this point in their season, AJ, their opponents are going to get a lot of possessions, AJ, because they are a high-flying offense that typically tries to get their shots off immediately in transition, which opens the opportunity for your opponent to grab rebounds and have more possessions than maybe you're used to in a typical game, AJ. We have to value all of those. It's sometimes when Kentucky gets in these types of games, AJ, early this season, you alluded to it, we kind of lose our identity and we turn the ball over a lot, AJ. It's almost like the more we touch it, the more possessions we have, the less we care for those possessions. We're lackadaisical. We're lazy. We're not firm with our passes or our screens. We cannot do that, AJ. We, you said it. That only opens up opportunities for a team that's scoring 88 points a night to get the ball back into their hands. We cannot afford that. We have to limit the mistakes, the turnovers on offense. And you said it best, AJ, that all also boils down to our shot selection. We cannot be taking long jumpers early in the shot clock if it is not in the hands of the right people. I mean, I I do not want to see a one or two steps inside the three-point line shot from Jacob or from Severe early in the shot clock. Work through our progressions, AJ. Get the ball moving around, and let the ball do the work because we cannot afford those long rebounds and quick outlets for this Mizzou team because you said it best, we are going to get killed in transition if that's the route we take this basketball game. You kind of touched on some of the guys that jump off the page at you, and I just wanted to touch on those guys and maybe one or two more, AJ. But like you said, they they roll with a unique lineup where they're really not concerned about size. They're worried about athleticism, and they're worried about guard play, which to this point, they're 11-1. and I know they faltered against a very good Kansas team, but we all saw what they were able to do against a solid yet struggling, like you said, AJ, Illinois team. I mean, they they really put a statement win on their calendar. That's exactly what Kentucky is still earning for, especially to start off SEC play, play, AJ. I think this fan base, yourself and me, have to be honest. If we lose this game, there, there is going to be a slight set of panic going around Big Blue Nation. I'm not here to say that we shouldn't feel that way because, honestly, AJ, that, that would be a cause for concern. So we need to know our opponent, and you said it best, Kobe Brown, AJ. This kid is leading this Mizzou team. He is one of the only players from last year's roster to return. He's a senior, AJ. He is absolutely balling out. He's leading in rebounding. He's leading in points from last year as well, AJ. And he's playing high-quality basketball. He gets a lot of assistance from, you said, uh, Haji, who is playing unreal as well. But one guy that we haven't mentioned, AJ, is Isaiah Mosley. The reason I bring him up is he's actually a transfer from Missouri State, who last year was averaging over 20 points, over six rebounds, over three assists. I mean, this guy was flat out playing ball, AJ. 
we step into this year, and he's only averaging around eight points, but he has showed flashes at times that he can go out and he's one of those guys that can break you down off the dribble, AJ, and he can go and get his baskets. And the reason he jumps off the page at me when I look at their tape and some of what the success he's found against some big-time opponents like Kansas and Illinois and even some of the other games that they've played, at times throughout the game, they can go to him and he can break his opponent down and he can get a basket. Kentucky has struggled with players like that. I mean, this is a guy that's 6'5", he's a senior, he's a transfer, he obviously knows how to go out and score. I'm just saying, a lot of times, your number one objective, AJ, is to limit their best player. We've struggled to do that at times. Kobe Brown is definitely that jump-out-the-page best player. We have to limit what he's able to do productivity-wise, offensively. I just slightly worry about... Isaiah Mosley and what he's able to do and break us down, especially when we think we've got maybe the possession one and we've been able to limit the touches and the effectiveness of Kobe Brown. And then, you know, Isaiah Mosley is kind of slept on, if you will, AJ, and he gets late shot clock opportunities and he's able to break us down. Something to keep our eye on. I think the most important thing, AJ, is that lineup that we go out with because, when they're guard heavy, AJ, we have to ensure that we have the right personnel out there to run with them because Kobe Brown, AJ, is 6'8". I mean, he, he's a large size guard. He's kind of a forward as well, but he, he they play him like a guard, AJ, and he's extremely athletic. I, I think Kaysen is our best matchup there because we've, we've seen that no matter the size, he can guard anyone, he can get up, and he can disrupt. The issue I have with that is then if we have Severe out there, I don't know where he fits defensively, AJ. I really don't because he's obviously undersized and all of their guards are over 6'5". That's a a slight cause for concern. So that's where, honestly, after diving through the numbers and how they play, the personnel kind of jumped off the page at me, AJ. So realistically, that's where, you know, I hinted at it earlier. I think Calipari was really trying to test the waters in preparation for this game from last game against Florida A&M, AJ, because you saw the minutes vastly differentiate from the previous, you know, eight or so games for the Kentucky Wildcats. This was a team led by mostly severe Wheeler, AJ, in minutes because he was honestly getting 30-plus minutes every single night, and it was consistent. We step away from that last game, and he walks away with only 20 minutes in the Florida Atlantic game, AJ. So that that actually is what really steps off the page at me, because then you look at Kaysom Wallace gaining those minutes, and he gets 31. Chris Livingston jumps a bit. He he's hovers still around that 15. I expect him to jump in minutes tonight, AJ, over that 15 range. We saw Lance Ware get over 20, the most he's had this season. And Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick each get 25. We really leaned on our guard play other than Severe Wheeler for the first time this year, y'all. It's something that I really think we have to keep our eyes on. It's going to depend on if we're able, literally, A.J., it it all comes back to it, defend and rebound. Because if if Severe's not out there and we're successfully defending and rebounding and getting out in transition – then I, I think, honestly, he's not going to play a vast majority of the minutes. Is he going to play? Of course, he's he's severe wheeler. He's a point guard. He's going to get tons of minutes, AJ. But I, I'm more saying he's not going to get over that 30-minute threshold because 
here's where I think John Keller Perry goes back to the well. If we are not defending and we are not able to get out, rebound, and push the pace, he's going to put Severe in there and he's going to earn more minutes because he can break the press down, AJ. I trust Severe to be able to break any press. I really do. And I think if we're not able to rebound, then we're going to need our point guard out there, AJ, to break down that full court pressure and be able to set up in the half court. Because as much as you guys might complain about that, he is our best option when we're struggling to to be able to rebound. So something to keep our eyes on. But I really do think this is a game where we kind of keep consistently with the last game against Florida A&M as as far as minutes go, AJ. Do you think that's the right strategy or are you thinking – Last game was more of a fluke, and it was more of an experiment from John Calipari. Much of BBN thought it was more of, hey, John's just trying to make Big Blue Nation happy and give some other guys that we haven't seen yet some minutes and, and, you know, just all smiles and dandy. Or do you think it was a little deeper than that, and do you think he was actually quietly preparing for a unique matchup against this Mizzou team? Yeah, I think, first off, Sam, I think did a wonderful job of, of of breaking that all down there. I appreciate that. And and it's not a fluke, okay? <laughs> These games are too precious. This time is too precious. Coach Calipari is not going to waste some of it just to appease some of our fans that may be upset about what's going on, okay? Let's, let's just get that out there first, all right? If you pay attention and you, and you listen to what Coach Calipari says after the games when he's interviewed um, and you pick up on some of the stuff that he's talking about, I think to me it's very clear one thing, Sam. Him and the rest of the staff love having Cason Wallace on this basketball team, but the one thing that they are working with him and they need to continue to see an improvement on is his ball handling skills and decision making as a point guard, right? And we've seen how we get in trouble at times with playing Xavier Wheeler probably too much, right? He can be a very effective player and he can do a lot of really good things. And so when you ask me these questions, Sam, What Coach Cal did last game was definitely in preparation for this game and then for the rest of the season, okay? I think he's starting to realize that maybe we're better suited if Xavier doesn't play those 30-plus minutes, those heavy extended minutes. Maybe we're better with putting him out there with certain lineups and at certain times to where he can be most effective. And it's Tonight, it's very, very interesting to me because you have a team in Missouri who's going to press you, and they're going to get up in you, and they're going to try to cause a bunch of turnovers, right? So you need to have a point guard out there who is going to take care of the basketball, and he is our best guard at being able to dribble, take care of the basketball, run the offense, get it set up, all those sorts of things that a point guard does, right? So I think there's definitely going to be a little bit of a shift in some of these minutes from last game going forward to this game and then into the future. I think John Calipari is just continuing to wait until he feels that Cason Wallace is completely ready to take on that role as the 
true point guard so that we have two of them on the team instead of just one. And so we're in this weird kind of time right now. I get that. It's it's a little bit of the unknown. And we're all, like I said earlier, everyone's kind of searching for answers. But I think what John Calipari did last week was definitely a sign of things to come. And this isn't putting a guy down and saying, oh, Savir, you're no good or, or whatever the case may be. We're trying to find answers to the basketball team and how we can be more efficient and more effective. And so we've been talking about defining these roles between all of these players this year, right? And so I think the coaching staff is working towards defining these roles more and what is being asked of each one of these guys. And you're going to see that have a very positive effect on the way this team plays basketball and how each player contributes to what's going on. So tonight it's going to be wildly interesting to see the distribution of minutes, the lineups that are being played. And so definitely something to to pay attention to tonight and going forward and to see what this coaching staff ultimately thinks is our best lineups going forward to help us try to come away with victories. And we don't have much time to wait and figure this stuff out. It's got to either come together or, or you move off of it because we don't have too much time to be experimenting and all this stuff. Sam, we've talked about it. The, the regular season is over a third of the way done already, which is crazy to think about. But before you guys know it, it's going to be Selection Sunday, and <laughs> this this stuff is going to go by extremely fast. So a, a lot of things going into this game, Sam, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn the corner just a little bit, change the, change the subject just a little bit, because there was a few things about this game that I did want to touch on with you. I didn't know if you wanted to add anything else um, before I move on about what we were just talking about with the rotations and the minutes or anything like that. So I'll give you a second if you wanted to say anything. But if not, then we'll move on to a few different aspects of the game. No, we can, we can definitely move on, AJ. I'm glad um, that you are, you're bringing that up. But I, I think it, it makes me grin that you brought up Selection Sunday because if y'all are you know listening to this podcast, I've brought it up since day one it's never too early i asked that question aj it's never too early to bring up selection sunday um you know we'll dive into the next couple of aspects of this game for y'all before we get out of here but this game is critical and i'm actually super happy that our first sec test is on the road aj because this is a mizzou team that is trending and they've just come off a huge win against illinois they're 11 and 1 they have a tough home loss against Kansas. They're going to look to rebound to defend their home court, AJ. That's something that every team in the nation is prideful of, is winning on their home court. It's difficult, especially in the SEC, AJ. This crowd is completely sold out. They are going to be highly anticipating the arrival of this Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. So I'm thankful that we have to do this on the road because we've talked about our schedule, AJ. We've talked about our inability to win big games early in the season. I know that they're not in the top 25. They're hovering right around the 30 range, AJ. They're probably one win away. This this win, AJ, against the Kentucky Wildcats team, still in the top 25, hovering around 19, would put them there. So both teams are walking into this game, AJ, with a lot on the line. One team's trending 
looking for a top 25 ranking, looking to make a statement win yet again and show, hey, we're here this year. Y'all picked us to finish last in the SEC. They're playing with house money. They're playing with house money, AJ. They're saying, you guys didn't think with nine transfers, nine transfers, AJ, that y'all thought we could put it together and get the pieces to work like well machine. You thought we were going to finish last in the SEC. We've got a new coach. Nothing's going to go right. They've proven everyone that that's completely wrong. And now we've got the Kentucky Wildcats looking for a statement win. I'm not going to say that this is going to be, you know, necessarily the best win of the season. But I'm telling you right now, when we think Selection Sunday, this is a quad one win, AJ. So the Kentucky Wildcats have to do everything in their power to walk away out of Mizzou with a W to protect that selection schedule resume come down the road. So that, that's all I had to say there, AJ. Yep. You always know it, Sam. In the SEC, if you're on the road, you got your hands full. It doesn't matter who you're playing, what night of the week you're playing them. It is always a battle. It's going to be physical. The crowd's going to be electric in there. And you know those fans want nothing more than the stomp down on the Kentucky Wildcats, especially after what they had to witness when they played the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, that was one of their more hyped games in a long time. And they came out flat, and they got quite embarrassed. So you know they are going to be locked in and ready to roll tonight. You know how teams play against Kentucky. You just know how it is. They're coming at us with everything they got. And so that kind of leads me, or it does lead me, into into the last couple things that I wanted to touch on with you about this game, Sam. And if we if we think back about the first part of our season, the first third of our season, the bigger games that we've played have not gone the way we've wanted to. And I think a lot of it, which we've touched on, don't need to go back into everything, but a lot of it has been two things. And that is a lack of execution down the stretch of these games and free throws, Sam, to just absolutely debilitating things for a basketball team and what you cannot do. So tonight, Sam, I would would expect this game to be close towards the end of the second half. It's going to be a battle. They're going to be going back and forth. How do we execute down the stretch? Can we handle this crowd and what's going to come at us and all the pressure? Can we continue to grind and to outwork this team down the stretch and to have that mental toughness the last four or five minutes of the game to not get lazy and to not make the turnovers and to do the things that we need to do and able to be able to secure a W and free throw Sam. We're going to go to the line tonight. I know we're going to go to the line. They're going to have to foul us at times. We're going to have an edge with the, with the rebounding when we're going back up. Listen, we're going to get to the line tonight. You cannot be going 50% from the free throw line, even 60. You need to you need to be 75 plus percent from the free throw line tonight on the road against a good team. It just absolutely has to happen. Those two things and then one more, Sam. We've talked about the crowd, right? What is the best way to neutralize a crowd? That is a fast start. You have to come out at the beginning of the game and get up on them early. Start to take this crowd out of the game. If you go down 
10 to 2, 12 to 2 to start the game, and Calipari calls a timeout, and the crowd's going nuts. Listen, that's that, that we've all been there before. You just get that sinking feeling like this is going to be a battle all night long. And I'm not saying it's not going to be whether the game starts positively or negatively for us. But let's get out to that fast start. Let's start strong, take the crowd out of it. Let's finish strong, Sam, and let's hit our damn free throws. No, yeah, and, you know, we almost should have mentioned it earlier, but I'm glad you circled back. But when we talk about honoring and putting respect on every single possession, AJ, that includes free throws because that is – your, that was your win. You won the possession. You are now at the free throw line, AJ. They can't stop you anymore. You got to hit them. You, you absolutely have to hit them. And you mentioned it. When you're on the road, AJ, your ability to hit free throws is so critical because, like you said, AJ, it's always important. But when you're on the road, those are so debilitating to the home team because I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, AJ. When you're at Rupp, and it's not just because you win, you know, a Chick Fil A chicken biscuit, but that crowd goes crazy when you miss two free throws. When you miss your one and one free throws, because we know how critical those possessions are. It's possessions you can't get back, but you've earned that right. So we absolutely have to hit our free throws. And you hinted at it, AJ. We're probably going to be the more physical team, the more dominating team down low. We're going to try to get to the basket with our guard play. We're going to get fouled. We're going to have to hit our free throws. And and you also alluded to it. I mean, I don't, I don't expect it to be a blowout one way or the other. If it's a close game, we, we absolutely have to execute down the stretch, which includes hitting free throws. I think the next piece of it is – how we execute AJ as I've broken down the tape, especially from last game. I loved what I saw with our big men developing plays for our guards. I think that's something that we need to keep our eyes on because it was extremely successful last game when we used our big men as Lance or Hugo with Oscar, because what they were doing a lot is these double flop screens, AJ, which is basically what happens is our guard off ball gets a screen set for him by our biggest guy on the court, whether that's Hugo or whether that's Lance. They set the screen. On ball would be Oscar AJ. What ends up happening is, is they set a screen for pretend Kaysen, right? He comes off of Lance's screen. He keeps working up the or up the perimeter. He then curls right around Oscar. Those two massive bodies and whoever's guarding our guards, that makes so much traffic. It's so difficult to work through both of those. And you saw our ability, AJ, to either pop off that with CJ or with any of our other guards and shoot, or that's when that creates so much space to drive to the lane. And it was very encouraging to see John Calipari and his staff finally find some ways to create more space, not only at the perimeter, but for our lanes, for our guards to drive to the basket because it feels like at times throughout the season AJ there's just been this spacing issue and we can't find the right space not only at the perimeter but in the lanes to get to the basket because we don't know where the hell we're going I loved what I saw last game from our two bigs and our ability to use that size use that size to create havoc for whoever's guarding your guards to have to just work 
crazy overtime to try to get through two big bodies, four big bodies, because you got to go through the guys they're guarding, the guys that are setting the screen, and the guy you're guarding. So it, it's I love that traffic, that havoc that we are creating. When I when you mention AJ execution, look for plays like that, that down the stretch to where at least you're ensuring you're going to have a smooth handoff to your guard to put him in a respective position to either put up an open shot or drive to the basket and roll AJ. That's where I want to see some execution. Free throws, you mentioned it. And then that last piece, that last piece, a fast start, is so monumentally critical because let's be honest, AJ, we haven't necessarily been on the road since Gonzaga. We haven't, AJ, because we've had a lot of neutral that, sites or we've had home games. That's and, and that's what I alluded to at the beginning when, when I said this is our first true road game. The only time we've played in front of a crowd that is the majority for the other team was the we Gonzaga game. And it wasn't even on their home court. Obviously, it was very nearby, so it was basically <laughs> the same thing. But right. This environment's going to be the same as that was. And yep. that game was the only time we've played outside of our home court or on a neutral court. So yep. this is going to be a different environment and a different experience for our team going into this game. And we didn't handle it very well the first time. You hope that they've learned from that and they'll be better. And I expect them to be better today. But, you know. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is a team we've talked about it throughout this podcast, AJ, but they're going to go on runs. They can score the basketball. They average 88 points a night, AJ. They can score the basketball. What do you have to do as a team to to overcompensate for that? You, you have to take those runs, and you have to answer. You can't let them go on, like you said, especially early in the game, a 10-2, to a 12-2 to run, an 8-2 to run, because that's going to bring the crowd into it. That's going to boost their confidence that gives everyone the ability to shoot AJ. It's like, Oh wow. We're just, we're rolling. I, you know, we're hot. We can shoot from anywhere. We can do this, that we have to limit that because we saw what happened. We're a good enough team, AJ, to overcompensate or to overcome any type of deficit, 20 points. Plus we can do it. We're good enough. We can score the basketball. And more importantly, we can get the stops necessary, but we cannot put ourselves in that hole again. We saw what happened against Gonzaga on a you know a, more of a true road game atmosphere. Yeah, sure, we came back. We we made it what a, a three point, two point, four point game at, at one point in the second half, AJ. But the second that crowd gets engaged again and they hit a shot and they go back up six, it's like you're back in that twenty point hole. Although you might only be down six, it feels like a dagger because you worked all the way back. And now one little shot brings you back to reality and you're like, wow, we didn't quite over overcome that deficit. Now we're sitting here and we're down six, eight again. We cannot find ourselves in those holes early in this game, AJ. Look for a fast start from this Wildcats team. John Calabari obviously has a challenge and so does every team in the country today that's playing of refocusing, shifting off the jubilation of the holiday season and having your mind with family and friends alike. It's a challenge for everyone. We're back to business. We're on the hardwood. And that's where our focus has to be, AJ. And it all starts at the tip of the game. Because if you start slow and the opponent doesn't, it's going to be a hard time, especially on the road, to try to overcome that deficit. So you're absolutely right. That's probably one of the most important things of this game. 
Absolutely, Sam, and we will all be tuned in tonight on the SEC Network to watch the Kentucky Wildcats as they travel on the road in a tough environment against the Missouri Tigers. That is all that we are going to cover today is the basketball game. Just wanted to take a second before we do get out of here and say, I know the schedule was a little bit shifted because of the holiday season. We will have another episode for you guys in the coming days to preview the Kentucky football team's bowl game down in Nashville for the Music City Bowl. And Sam, I think when the game was announced, and you know there is about a month in between games and our quarterback Will Levis and our running back Chris Rodriguez are announced that they're not playing and all this stuff is going around. There may not be as much excitement for this game as there has the last couple of years, but as we've wound down closer towards this game, I've got to say, I, I am extremely, extremely excited to watch this Kentucky football team play against a very tough Iowa defense. It's going to be really interesting to see what this coaching staff does. They've hinted at a lot of younger guys being able to play in this game, some people that they've redshirted. It sounds like Destin Wade has been taking snaps with the first-team offense and getting out there. So there's a lot of different things going on, and I know that this may not be the most important and high-profile bowl game out there, but it's still important for us in continuing to build this momentum into next season and to get a chance to look at some of these young guys and really build on what's going on. So we will be back in a, in a day or two to get that out for you guys to preview the Music City Bowl. We'll get back on our reg- regular schedule And we will go from there. Sam, I appreciate your time today. Appreciate everybody listening. We are excited to watch the Cats tonight take on the Missouri Tigers. We will see you next time, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. O-C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.